Hello, everybody. Welcome to take four of the Contact Buzz, brought to you by High On Sports. The Contact Buzz is a weekly preview show of the biggest football games of the weekend. My name is Willie, one of the hosts of the High On Sports podcast, and I'm going to preview a few of those games, uh, both college and pro, and uh, briefly analyze a couple of games and give you my take on who's going to win and why. And uh, also, if they cover the spread or not. Uh, So sit back and listen, and uh, you can take my advice or not. But let's get on with this weekend's picks. Okay, I got uh, four games I'm going to talk about and uh, and pick for you. And then I have doing things a little bit different this week. I've got four games. I'm just going to pick the winners and tell you who I think is going to win. I'm not going to analyze the game per se. A little bit smaller games, not as big in uh, the grand scope, grand scheme of things for college football. But I'm going to pick uh, just four games who I think – are going to win. So, uh, first game though, I'm going to analyze is the uh, Georgia Bulldogs versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, this game is being played at 2:30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. It's on CBS, the first of their doubleheader uh, for Saturday. And uh, the line on this game is Georgia by eight and a half. The over under is 44 and a half. It seems kind of low. Uh, this. This game's being played at Kroger Field in Lexington. Um, Kroger Field, come on. It's, it's always, it's, to me, it's always going to be Commonwealth Stadium. Um, again, I'm a Tennessee guy. I've been up there a couple of times for games. It seems like every time you go up there in November, uh, used to be the, uh, they used to have Bermuda Grass Field. And so by the time Tennessee and Kentucky played around the middle to end of November, uh, the field was always that had already changed from green into the, the tan color grass. The grass had gone dormant and uh, always seemed like it was uh, the tan color and was always cold in Lexington. Um, I know it's north, a little bit north of Knoxville, but it always seemed like it was overcast and cold when we played. I don't think I've ever been to a game there. I, well, I know I haven't where the sun's been shining. Uh, but anyway, that's enough about that. Let's go on to this game. Uh, Georgia is coming off a huge win against Florida last week. Um, a lot of people picked Florida, but uh, Georgia is keeping their college football playoff hopes alive and their SEC championship hopes alive by beating Florida last week uh, in Jacksonville. They uh, they kind of took it to they kind of took Florida to the woodshed. Beat them pretty pretty good. Um, Kentucky. Uh, is coming off of a win against Missouri, last second win. Uh, some people say that uh, they got a gift win because the pass interference call against Missouri um, allowed them to have an untimed down uh, to get another play in on the from like the one or two yard line, and uh, they threw a touchdown pass to to win the game fifteen to fourteen over Missouri. Um, but, again, that kind of stuff happens during the season. Um, you know, Kentucky's now 7-1. And, one, and uh, looking, this game's actually, it's going to be for the SEC East Championship. I mean, whoever wins this game, 
uh, pretty much is going to Atlanta. So kind of cool for Kentucky. Uh, it's their first, if they win this game, it'll be the first time they'll have ever won the East and uh, first time that they've ever gone to the SEC championship game since its inception. But uh, by far the biggest game in Kentucky football history. Um, they That is going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, they're – you know they're they've not they're not used to this. Their fans aren't used to to having this to be in. I mean they're ranked in the top ten in the first college football playoff poll. I mean they're ninth. Um, that's that's pretty awesome for Kentucky, I guess. Uh, I mean I'm again I'm, I'm kind of jealous being a Tennessee Tennessee man, but uh, you know Kentucky is having one of those years. Mark Stoops is having is a good coach. And he's done it the right way, and he's uh, they're they're feeling the effects of him being you know a good coach and and doing it like they like it's supposed to be done. They come in with one of the best defenses in the league. Um, they're going to have to play well because uh, Georgia comes in as the second leading rushing offense, but Kentucky is the fourth leading rushing offense. Um, so. Benny Snell, Kentucky's big man on campus, leads the league in rushing almost close to 1,000 yards. He's got 935 yards. Um, Georgia's got a two-headed running back monster with Elijah Holyfield and DeAndre Swift. Um, They kind of share the load. So they don't have as many yards. Each of them have around 500 yards, give or take. Um, So... Uh, but there's always fresh legs on the field, and they're both good running backs. They're a little bit different. Holyfield's more of the pound and ground and pound guy, whereas Swift's more of kind of the the uh, maneuver guy. He can he can get around you, move around you, and he'll go through if he has to. He's a good running back, but uh, he's uh, he's more of the the scat back of the two. But uh, you know, everybody last week was talking about Jake Fromm needing to have a, a good game. Um, he did. He did have a good game versus Florida. Uh, matter of fact, it's so good that the freshman phenom, Justin Fields, never even played a snap. Everybody thought that if Fromm struggled at all, um, that Kirby Smart would bring in Justin Fields. He was a dual-threat quarterback, but that didn't happen. Um Fromm played really well, and look what happened. Georgia cruised to victory against Florida. Um, Georgia has the big, the bigger advantage in the passing game. Again, Kentucky's got a pretty good defense, uh, but it's a good run defense. Uh, that's why Georgia's going to have the advantage when it comes to throwing the ball. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, you know, the atmosphere in Lexington is going to be crazy. Um, I think SEC Network's doing their pregame, like their game day show from there this week. Um, so the atmosphere atmosphere is going to be nuts. And, you know, Kentucky fans, they don't know what to do. They're usually already uh, primed up for basketball, and now they're having to cheer for their football team. So uh, who knows? Um you know, Kentucky's passing game, Terry Wilson, their quarterback, is uh, average at best. He did bring, he did pull out an 81-yard drive on the last drive of the game against Missouri last week, had some pretty good throws. But uh, they rely 
a lot on Benny Snell. So if they can, if he can stay healthy, they have a really good offensive line, and and Snell is uh, it's a good running back. So it's going to be a fun game. But uh, my pick on this game, I'm going to say Georgia is going to come in and uh, and be focused. Um, they're wanting to get back to the college football playoff. In order to do that, they have to win this game. Uh, they have to win the SEC championship to have a, a shot at the top four. Um, so I think they're going to come in hungrier. Kentucky's never been in this situation before. I think they're going to be a little bit awestruck. Uh, they're going to be. A, it's going to be a good game. I think Georgia though is going to pull away in the second half, and I think they win by ten or more. And uh, I, I'm taking the over. I would. Uh, I would if if you're betting this game, take the over of. Uh, 44 and a half. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think um, I think the over is a, a pretty good play right here. So, again, my pick, Georgia over Kentucky. Okay, the second game I'm going to be choosing is the big daddy of the weekend. Um, it's the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. Versus the LSU Bengal Tigers. Um, this game is going to be at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Daylight Time. It's also on CBS. It's their second of the doubleheader they have. Uh, the line is Alabama by 14 and a half. The over-under for this game is 54. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, the game is being played in Tiger Stadium uh, in Baton Rouge, Death Valley. Um, nothing better than a... In, to why I've never been to that stadium. I've never seen a game there live, but uh, nothing like uh, LSU fans in a, in a night game. Um, that place is going to be rocking. Uh, gives the LSU fans all day long to get lubed up, get all liquored up. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, ESPN's game day is going to be there, and why not? It's number one versus number three. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a fun game. This is a big rivalry, even though Alabama's won seven straight in the series. Um, going back to, I think, 2011. It was the last time LSU won. So, um, I mean, this is, this is it. Now, a lot of people are saying this. For the SEC to have two teams in the college football playoff, something's got to happen. What needs to happen is this. LSU needs to win this game which is basically for the SEC West title. So if they do that, they go in and beat Alabama today. It's number three versus number one, so Alabama's not going to drop out of the top four, I wouldn't believe, just for having one loss against the number three team at the number three team's stadium. But LSU needs to win, and then Georgia has to win out. Um, and then it would be LSU and Georgia in the SEC championship game. Alabama has to win out as well, but they wouldn't go to the SEC championship game. They would just be sitting out there with one loss, but it's a one-loss Bama. you got to think they'd be at least three or four. It wouldn't be number two, I wouldn't believe, depending on what else happens, but I believe they would still be number four. Um Either LSU or Georgia wins the SEC championship with that one loss. Each of them would have one loss on the season. 
um, before the game. Now, the loser, of course, would have two losses. So the winner of the SEC championship, you have to put them in. You have to, they have to go. So the best way that the SEC can get two, two, two teams in the playoff is if LSU wins this game. If Bama wins it, LSU's got two losses, they're done. Um, Alabama's going to the SEC championship game. And, you know, if they do that and they beat whoever they play, either Kentucky or Georgia in that game, you know, they're going to be the only SEC representative. I don't know how people feel about that. It'd be neat to see two SEC teams because I am an SEC homer. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of football to be played. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, and I'm going to be talking about Michigan here in a little bit. Um, you know, we've still got Oklahoma, Notre Dame, which I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Notre Dame game as well. Um, so, you know, this game – this game's got a lot of implications, uh, not only for the SEC, but nationally. Um, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, and it's the first time, you know, he's played in a game this big, um, especially against Alabama. Um, he's going to have to, he's going to have to write, you know, play within himself. He can't turn the ball over. I, I talked about him before. He's a runner. He can. He doesn't. He's not a running quarterback per se, but he knows when to run. He knows how to run. He can. He's effective with his runs. He doesn't just take off. He's not scared to stay in the pocket. But if nothing's there, and he's got an opening, he'll take off. And you know, he's not going to get hit. He'll. You know, if he needs to get that gritty first, you know, gritty yards for a first down, he'll do it. But most of the time, you see him slide or get out of bounds or something like that. But he's got to play well. Um, LSU is. DBU, defensive back U. Um, they come in with probably the best defensive backfield in the country. Um, and they're going to need it because Alabama's got some really good receivers and tight ends and, and everything else. Uh, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, uh, is a stud. And so he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a factor in the game to a Tago Vailoa is, uh, is the quarterback for Alabama. Uh, I mean, the guy's the Heisman front runner. He's never even played in the fourth quarter this year. How crazy is that? He's not played in a fourth quarter this year, and he's still the Heisman front runner. He's got, uh, I think, 70.4 completion percentage, uh, 25 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Granted that you're taking out one quarter at least of the game. He's been pulled in at halftime in some of the games. But uh, 25 TDs, zero interceptions, um, and never played in the fourth quarter this year. 70% um, completion percentage. Not too bad. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's pretty good. But LSU counters him with uh, – uh, a sophomore cornerback, Greedy Williams, uh, probably one of the best. He's a sophomore, so you got to think he's got one more year of college because if he's that good, he'll, he's going to come out after his junior year. And another sophomore, safety, Grant Delpit. Um, both of those guys make up half of that vaunted uh, – those are the two best guys, that vaunted uh, LSU backfield, defensive backfield. they got to have a strong game, you know, I do have a feeling that Tua's going to throw his first pick in this game. Um, I believe he, you know, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't, 
again, I'm, I've watched college football a long time, but I don't remember any quarterback, no matter how good they were, going through a season with zero interceptions. Um, that's crazy, especially when you're going up against teams in this league. Um, this league is known for speed defense, so Tua's going to throw a pick one of these days. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I would say if it's not this game, then he might not. Um, who knows? But uh, this is going to be a fun game. Um, you know, Saban's coached at both LSU and Alabama. He won his first national championship with LSU, then uh, went to Miami, then came from my in the NFL, and then uh, came from the NFL back to Alabama, and he's won five with Alabama. So, you know, this is the there's no love lost between LSU's fans and Nick Saban, but uh, he's probably one of the best right now. And, uh, well, I just not probably he is the best coach in college football right now and probably will go down as one of the best, if not the best, in history of college football. But everybody loves to hate him, um, no matter if you're Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. If you're one of their fans, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, I don't care, Arkansas, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Florida. I mean, everybody hates Nick Saban, it seems like. I hate, you know, the guy's not on anybody's Christmas list from those teams, Christmas card list from any of those teams. But, uh, you know, it's impressive what he's done. Um, but, again, it's Alabama. And if you're not, a, if you're not an Alabama fan, you, you really don't like him that much. Uh, I don't like to use the word hate. Um, but I do in certain situations – I, I don't hate Alabama. I, I dislike them very much. I hate Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, Bulldog fans. Uh, just just my – everybody in the SEC has got their one team that they don't like, me being a Tennessee guy. Um, you got three to choose from, Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Um, I don't like either. I don't like any of them. I strongly, strongly dislike Florida and Alabama, but I hate Georgia. I'm sorry. All right, back to this game, though. Uh, that's enough of my little thing on, on that. Um, I'm going to pick Alabama in this game. I think uh, Alabama wins. I think it's going to be a close game. Every game has been close in this series, going back to the last time uh, LSU beat Alabama. Um, but I am going to pick Alabama, but I'm going to say LSU covers. It's a 14-and-a-half-point spread in Alabama's favor. I think if you know, I think Alabama wins, but I think it's going to be less than ten, which means LSU would cover. And uh, I'm going to also take the over on this game. I think it's going to be a relatively high-scoring game. Um, Over/under is 54. I'm, I would take the over in this game. So here, that's my pick: Alabama over LSU. Okay, the third game I'm going to talk about is. Uh, a Big Ten matchup. It's Penn State versus Michigan. This game is going to be played at 2.45 Central Daylight Time on the ESPN. Um, the line on this game is Michigan by 10.5, and, and the over-under is 53.5. Um, this game is going to be played at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor. Um, Michigan comes in as the number five team in the college football playoff ranking. So... Um, they're right there. They got to have this win. Uh, 
to have a shot. I mean, they, they can't lose again. They can't lose another a, a game uh, the rest of the way out, which means they have to beat Ohio State to have a chance at the college football playoff, the top four. Um, they lost to Penn State last year in a laugher. I mean, Penn State, I'm sorry, Penn State pretty much took them to the woodshed. I've already used that phrase before, but uh, Penn State whooped them pretty good at, at Happy Valley last year. Um, so the Michigan players are calling this a revenge game. Um, you know, a lot of revenge is a, uh, a revenge game. It can be good, but, you know, it also can make you just a little bit, you know, play a little bit too hard if there's such a thing, you know, play it out of control hard. Um, I know it's an emotional game, and they want to, you know, Michigan players want to get back at the Penn State players, but they can't, they can't go in a little too overhyped. They got to take it easy because Penn State don't have a lot of star players. They do have their quarterback Trace McSorley. He's the key to the Nittany Lions offense. He kind of reminds me of the Joe Burrow of LSU. Um, he can run, and he can. He's a good runner. He's not a running quarterback per se, and he, he can throw the ball too. But uh, he is he's a he's a smart runner. He knows when to run, and he's sneaky fast. He's a little bit faster than the Burrow kid at LSU. So I mean, he's once he gets out in the open, you know, he can go. Uh, so you know, Michigan's got to got to beware of him. Of course, Michigan comes into this game with the top defense in the country. That helps. Um, so, you know, if you, if you can contain Trace McSorley into the, into the backfield and keep him from, from using his legs, you could probably beat Penn State pretty easily. Um, Michigan, you know, relies on their run game. They have a really good run game. And their quarterback, their transfer uh, quarterback they got from Ole Miss, Shea Patterson, had a great year this year for Michigan. Uh, he's one of the reasons, or probably the main reason, that they're in the position they're in right now. Um, Penn State's got to win this game, though, to have any chance uh, at at a Big Ten championship game. Even if they beat Michigan today, they're still a game behind Michigan. So they're going to have to – not only do they have to – does Penn State have to win this game, but they've got to have some help. They've got to have Ohio State beat uh, Michigan – and then they got to hope Ohio State loses another game because Ohio State's got the tiebreaker over Penn State from their game. So, um, you know, these Big Ten games, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, the weather could be a factor. I mean, it is November now. Um, you know, Penn State comes in. you got to love these games, though, those uniforms. Penn State, and they're all white. Michigan in that maize and blue. Um you know, it's the only thing it'd make it better if it was snowing and overcast, which it might. I don't know the weather. I'm not a weather guy, and I haven't looked at the weather, so I'm not sure. Um, my pick for this game, you know, I, Penn State's a good team. Uh, I think they're they're right there. They've had a couple of tough losses though already. Um, Michigan's just hungry. Michigan's found their quarterback with Patterson, and uh, I think Michigan. I think. Michigan wins and covers. I think they win by the ten and a half point spread. I think they cover this game, uh, but I think they're going to do it under the the under or take the under in this. Fifty three and a half points is a lot for a 
for these two teams, especially that run the ball. They're not a very they're not wide open offenses. They're kind of conservative, run the ball, grind it out. So uh, I, I think Michigan's going to win and they're going to cover, but I take the under on this one. All right, the last game I'm going to talk about and analyze is the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, this game comes on at 6.15 p.m. Central Daylight Time. It's on ESPN. Um, the line on this game is Notre Dame by 10, and the over-under is 53-and-a-half. Um, this game is going to be played at Ryan Field in Evanston, Illinois, at Northwestern's home field. Um, Northwestern comes in um, after beating Wisconsin last week, and, and they surprisingly lead the Big Ten West division. Um, so if they can keep, the, keep this pace up, they're going to be in the Big Ten championship game for the first time. Uh, Notre Dame comes in as the number four team in the college football playoff rankings. So if the season ended today, which it's not, but if it did, they would be in the playoffs. They would play Alabama. Um, but they cannot look ahead. Northwestern's one of those teams. Um, if you if you look past them, they're gonna they're gonna beat you. Um, Notre Dame's coming off of an easy win versus Navy, forty four to twenty two last week. Uh, Northwestern, like I said earlier, coming off a big win versus at that time ranked nineteenth Wisconsin team, thirty one to seventeen. It was at home. It was at Northwestern as well. Um, and they're tough at home. So, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern's coach, is a very good coach. He's turned that program around since he's been there. Um, he hadn't been there long, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure how long. I know it's about four, maybe five years um, that he's been there. Could be a give or take a year. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not a big Big Ten guy. So I know this is just one of the main games um, on the docket this weekend. So... I didn't want to talk about it, especially with uh, my co-host, Swamp, being a huge uh, Notre Dame honk. Um, I wanted to talk about this game and, and give him some love, maybe, uh, depending on my pick. So I will give you that in just a little bit. Um, you know, Notre Dame's got to be careful. Um, I, th I think they out-talent Northwestern. I think they got more talent across the board than Northwestern does. But when you got a team that's believing, um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's when you got a team that believes in itself and thinks they can win, you know, that's, that's tough no matter who they're playing. Um, they're led by their quarterback, Clayton Thorson. Uh, don't have great numbers. He's got 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Um, but he's a leader. He leads that team. Um, they also have, they've had some injuries at running back, but their leading running back right now is a freshman, Dexter Williams. He's got seven touchdowns, and he averages seven yards per carry. Their, uh, their top wide receiver, his name is Miles Boykin. He's got six touchdowns on the season. So, you know, they've got some players, Northwestern does. Um, but Notre Dame, probably more talented. They're led by their quarterback, Ian Book, who's got 13 touchdowns and four interceptions this year. Um, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I, Notre Dame, 
is Dexter Williams and Miles Boykin both play for Notre Dame. <laughs> I kind of messed that up. Northwestern running back, again, is uh, a freshman, Isaiah Bowser. Um, he's got 227 yards on the season and three touchdowns. And their top wide receiver is Flynn Nagel with 711 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Dexter Williams and Miles Boykin both play for Notre Dame. And their stats, like I told you earlier, Williams with seven touchdowns, uh, Boykin with six. They play for Notre Dame. So Ian Book's got a lot of talent behind him, and he's pretty talented himself. So, um, you know, that's it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, too bad it comes out. I'll probably be flipping channels between it and the Alabama-LSU game. So, um, you know. I want to see them both. I uh, might have one on one TV and another one on another TV and kind of go back and forth into different rooms of my house and, uh, and watch them both that way. I'm not sure. Um, now, as far as the pick goes, I'm going to pick Notre Dame in this one, but I'm also going to say that Northwestern covers. So it means I'm picking Notre Dame to win by less than 10. Um, and I'm also going to have take the over. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. I think this is going to be sort of a high-scoring game. I see both teams scoring in the high 20s, low 30s. Um, you know, winner in the, high, in the 30s, loser in the 20s, high 20s. So I would take the over on this one. But I think Notre Dame just got just a, just a little bit more talent to pull this one out. So my pick on this game is Notre Dame. All right, like I said this week, I'm doing things just a little bit different. I'm not going to talk about these games, but I do want to make these picks on these four games. They're kind of important games. Some of them are important to me. One of them is anyway. And they're just bigger games throughout the country that I just didn't want to analyze and talk about and bore everybody. So uh, the other picks I'm going to have, I have Florida over Missouri. I've got Tennessee over Charlotte. Texas over West Virginia. And Oklahoma over Texas Tech. Those four games, um, I'm picking those, so those will be part of my my picks. But uh, I just no no analysis on those games this week. All right. So to re well, I'll do I'll do a recap of all the games I'm picking. Matter of fact, for my NFL picks, I'm doing the same thing I did with those last four college picks. I'm not going to really analyze. There's not a there are some better games this week, but uh, this this thing's gone on long enough. This this show so i'm going to go ahead and just do some nfl picks um and uh and then we'll end it there okay well i'll come back here in just a second with my nfl picks okay so now just for my nfl picks i'm not going to uh, analyze any of these games but see these are some of the bigger games this weekend i am going to uh choose uh, the winners in five different games. So here are my picks for the NFL this week. First game, New England over Green Bay. Seattle over the L.A. Chargers. Pittsburgh over Baltimore. New Orleans over the L.A. Rams. And Dallas over the Tennessee Titans. So, there are my NFL picks. Sorry I'm not going to uh, go into some analysis. Again, this has been a longer show. I went into a little bit longer of analysis on some of the college games, some of the bigger college games. So, um, 
I don't want to make this into some big long. You know, we do our Highland Sports podcast, and that's about an hour or so. I don't. I just want to make this one about half that long. It's about there right now, so uh, maybe a little bit longer than a half hour. But uh, just to recap my picks for overall, um, I've got uh, for the college. I've got Alabama over LA, or I'm sorry, Kentucky and Georgia. I got Georgia over Kentucky. I've got. Alabama over LSU. I've got Michigan over Penn State. And Notre Dame over Northwestern. I've got Florida over Missouri. Tennessee over Charlotte. Texas over West Virginia. Oklahoma over Texas Tech. To recap my NFL picks, New England over Green Bay. Seattle over LA Chargers. Pittsburgh over Baltimore. New Orleans over the L.A. Rams, and Dallas over Tennessee. That's going to do it for this weekend, folks. Uh, be sure to listen to this on, this will be up Friday. Um, I'll put this on, or actually Thursday this week. Um, I'll put it on um, our SoundCloud page, of the Highland Sports SoundCloud page. So if you would, go to SoundCloud and give us a listen there. Be Also, be sure to listen to the Highland Sports. We haven't done a show in a couple of weeks due to some scheduling issues. Um, but listen to us. Um, we'd love to have as many listeners as we can. Um, but we do our show on Mondays normally if there's not any conflicts with our schedules. Um, so listen to us and, and take a listen to this show as well, the Contact Buzz. I have a lot of fun. Um, doing this by myself and also have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing the Highland Sports uh, podcast with uh, my buddy Swamp and Russ. So, uh, you know, just give us a listen sometime. We're on SoundCloud, like I said, or iTunes. And you can go to our website at www.highonsports.org. I do have a uh, contact buzz page on the website, but go and check out our website. You can hear any of our sh- past shows. You can hear any of the past con- uh, contact buzz shows as well. Um, remember, this weekend is the end of daylight savings time, so everybody's going to set your clocks back an hour on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, so Saturday night before you go to bed, set your clocks back an hour. We lose an hour of daylight, which stinks. Um, I, I wish we would go to, I wish Tennessee as a state would go to uh, all daylight savings time. Um, I just like longer days. But uh, don't forget to set your clocks back. I hope everybody has a great weekend this weekend. Again, this is uh, your host, Willie. Um, We'll talk to you next week, and in between there, know your limit. Goodbye, everybody.